0: We welcome you this morning to God's house and hope that you have come prepared to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I wanna invite you to take your Bibles and be turning to Matthew chapter 27 and verse 15 and the verses following that. Many of you have asked about my wife this morning. Yes, she had surgery Tuesday and she's doing well. She just uh, didn't feel up to coming and sitting here for a couple of hours So uh, she stayed home today, but continued to pray for her. She's doing well. And uh, many of you have asked about Nina from Ukraine. I got a Facebook post from her this morning. She runs what is called the Inspiration Center there. And it's normally uh, children, uh, gypsy children, Romanian children that uh, she ministers to but most of them have fled the country and gone back to Romania. But she put a picture on there this morning that God sent her three refugees, a woman and two children, and she ministered to them there in the Inspiration Center and they're safe uh, so far, but do continue to, to pray for them. All right, stand with us out of reverence to the Word of God, if you would please, beginning in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 15. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will you that I release unto you, Barabbas, or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him." And the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas to destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, "'Whether of the twain will you that I release unto you?' They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, "'What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ?' They all saying to him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you to it then answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Would you pray with me? Father, as we stand in your presence this morning, we come to give you praise, to give you glory, give you honor and adoration that you are God and besides you, there is none else. We thank you for what you did, that you gave your only begotten son, that we might be saved. Father, I pray today that the Holy Spirit of God will open the Scripture to us today. I pray that You would illuminate my mind, that You would anoint my lips, that You would speak through me the words that You would have to be spoken today. And may God be glorified and magnified in it all. Father, we pray if there is one among us today who does not know You as their personal Lord and Savior, that this might be that wonderful time that you will speak to their heart and draw them to know Jesus today. There may be others here today who know you, but have gone far away from you. May this be that time that they return to you. Father, we just ask your will be done in each life. Minister to every person who is here today in the way that you know how. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Thank you and be seated please. 13 months ago, I came here as your interim pastor and God placed upon my heart a message out of Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I thought it was only preaching one message but it turned into a series of messages that we've come today to the price that is paid for the church what Jesus was willing to do to build his church. Jesus stands before Barabbas today, or before uh, Pilate today. We've studied last week about he was before Herod. He's been brought back to Pilate. And the Bible tells us some things about this uh, that I hope that we can be able to get into today and, and see what was really taking place here. When was it? Well, it says, now, at that feast. What feast? The feast of the Passover, the most important feast of all the Jewish people. Millions of people had gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of the Passover. This was something that was established way back in the Old Testament. We've been studying about it over in in the book of Exodus on Wednesday nights. It was at that feast. Now at that feast, the governor, who is Pilate, was wont to release into the people a prisoner whom they would. There was a custom at that time of year that out of compassion and out of concern for some prisoners, that one of them would be released. This is what Pilate is asking the people. Whom would you like for me to release? Now I want you to notice something. In verse 16 it says, and they had there a notable prisoner called Barabbas. In some some, uh, translations of scripture, the word Jesus is added in front of Barabbas. You have a notable prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. Jesus was not that unusual a name. It's the uh, deriv- uh, the Hebrew word that has been translated around and in the Old Testament it's mostly called Joshua. So it wouldn't have been unusual for someone to have that name. In the King James Version it drops that, it doesn't have Jesus Barabbas. But who was this man? Well, the first of all, the Bible says there, he was a notable prisoner. And that word notable, we would probably say it better today to call it notorious. He was a notorious prisoner. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all mention Barabbas. And they all tell us something different about him. Here in Matthew, he's called a notable prisoner. In Mark 15, 7, He's called an insurrectionist, one who was causing an uprising. Mark also tells us that he was a murderer. In Luke, he is charged with sedition, causing a controversy among the people. In John, John calls him a robber, and I'm sure he was probably all of these. Notorious, causing uprisings among the people, had murdered someone, had robbed. I suppose that Pilate thought, you know, I'm going to have to set one of them free. And surely these people will choose for me to set Jesus free. He was trying to get out of a situation that he was in. He had taken Jesus to Herod because he'd heard that he was a Galilean. Herod questions him, couldn't find any fault, and he sends him back to Pilate. Now, Pilate's faced with this this, uh, decision, Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will you that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Pilate had tried him. Caiaphas had tried him. Annas had tried him. Herod had tried him. Nobody could find fault in him. But yet, here he is. Being tried once again before Pilate. Pilate understands that there were people who were envious of Jesus. There were people who who some of their people had gone from following them to following Jesus, and it had created an envious spirit in some people. I want you to notice something. In verse 18. Verse 19, Pilate goes out and sits down on the judgment seat and his wife comes to him and his wife says, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Pilate, I don't want you to have anything to do with that just man. He's just, no one has found fault in him. Be careful what you do. Amen. men, I, I heard one of our men talk in Sunday school today about his wife when she spoke, he knew what to do. And I guess if we, had, we men would be honest, we could say most of us that that's, that's the way it is at our house too. When your wife speaks, you know what to do, do what she says. Well, his wife comes with a good piece of advice for him. This is a just man, don't have anything to do with condemning him. But there are some other people there. There's some persuasion that begins to take place in verse 20 the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. This group of people, chief priests and elders, they were some of the most important people, especially on this particular day. This was Passover. The chief priest, who was Caiaphas, he was probably in the Holy of Holies at this particular time, the most holy place. Only on Passover or the Day of Atonement was even the high priest allowed in that holy place. And he must go in with blood and sacrifice. To a holy God. And probably while this confusion is going on out at Pilate's judgment seat, Caiaphas is probably in the Holy of Holies. What did he do in the Holy of Holies on that day? He took the blood in there and sprinkled it on the mercy seat. He made confession Of his sins and he made confessions of the sins of the people and there was a ritual that took place and I had never tied it together until this week as I studied this passage of Scripture you go back to Leviticus chapter 16 and on the day of atonement there were two goats that were brought, two goats that were given to the high priest. The high priest is the one that had to make a choice. Two male goats were placed before the Lord and the high priest cast lots to see which one of them was chosen to live and which one was chosen to die. The high priest had on his breastplate a little pouch that contained the Urim and the Thummim. Nobody really understands all of that, but these these things, whatever it was, the Urim and the Thummim that was in that pouch, the high priest used this to determine what was God's will. And I can imagine him as those two goats are there, And he takes out the Urim and the thumb. and I I, I guess the best thing I could do to illustrate that was we take a coin sometimes and we flip it and see if it lands on heads or tails. He somehow chose which one of those goats would be set free and which one would be sacrificed that day. And he's in there while this is going on. This is early morning. The male goats were placed before the Lord and the high priest cast lots to choose one as a sin offering and one to be presented alive, then sent into the wilderness. Now the blood of the sacrificed goat was sprinkled on the mercy seat and applied on the horns of the altar. You can read all this in Leviticus chapter 16. Isaiah says this in Isaiah 53, three four. surely he, speaking of Jesus, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. The high priest would take his hands and lay them on the head of the goat that was chosen to live. The other goat had been killed in its blood on the mercy seat. He would confess all of his sins over the head of that goat. And then he would confess all of the sins of the people of the nation of Israel over that goat. And then that goat would be taken out into the wilderness. And let it go free. Now notice it took two of those to make that sacrifice. I, I, I thought of this verse of scripture in John 1.29. It says the next day John sees Jesus coming unto him. And listen to what he says. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. You see, that was done, those two goats. The one that was killed was sacrificed for the sins of the people to pay for the sins of the people, but that didn't take them away. That goat that run off into the wilderness, he carried all of the sins of the people out there symbolically, and they were gone. And it gave the people a picture that our sins are taken away from us. John understood this when he saw Jesus coming down to to be baptized by him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He doesn't just cover our sins. He takes them away. Aren't you glad that we've got a Savior like that? That he takes our sins away. Now notice, It was the high priest who would make these decisions. Verse 21, the governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain, whether of the two will you and I release unto you? Here's the two goats you see, Jesus and Barabbas. They say unto him, Barabbas, release Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, why? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? That's a question that everybody has to face, isn't it? What are you going to do with Jesus, who is called Christ? Christ. Every one of us is faced with that decision from time to time in our life. What am I going to do? Who am I going to choose? Am I going to choose to serve Jesus? Am I going to choose to serve the world? Pilate said to them, What shall I do then with Jesus? What have you done with him? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, that's what he's aiming for. That's why he died, so you could have a Savior. But notice their choice. Pilate asked this of the chief priests. They, speaking of the chief priests, and there was 24 of them. They all say unto him, let him be crucified." Now that is very unusual. Crucifixion was a Roman punishment. It was applied to the worst of the criminals. It was the most hideous and torturous death that anybody could die. The Jewish way of putting a person to death was to stone them and you would have think that they would have said let him be stoned but they didn't say that let him be crucified. The crucifixion is described in many places in the Bible particularly in Psalms 22 and in Isaiah 53. We're not going to get into that this day. But it's, it's a torturous kind of death. It's slow, it's agonizing, it's painful. Let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil has he done? Caiaphas tried him, Annas tried him, Pilate tried him once, Herod tried him, back to Pilate. Nobody has found anything wrong that he has done. But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made. Notice what Pilate does. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you to it. Pilate does something that is very symbolic as he stands there before his judgment throne. He has the authority to let Jesus go. Or he has the authority to crucify him. He has been warned by his wife not to have anything to do with that just man. He has not found one thing wrong with Jesus. But yet, he's giving in to the crowd. But he wants to somehow demonstrate that it's not his real decision. That it's not something that he's going to be guilty of, or at least he thinks. He takes a basin of water and he stands there before that multitude and he washes his hands and he says to that multitude I am innocent of the blood of this just person see you to it but was he innocent were we innocent no The Bible plainly tells us that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Pilate did something to try to relieve his conscience for a little while. He wanted people to think well of him. And he washes his hands. As I read that, I thought of that old hymn that we sing so many times what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount i know nothing but the blood of jesus that's the only thing that can cleanse us from our sins That's why the chief priest had put the blood on the mercy seat and on the horns of the altar, signifying that the sins of the people had been forgiven, but they had to come every year and do that over and over and over again. But thank God what Jesus was doing is forever. notice what happened in verse 25 then answered all the people and said oh what a judgment they placed upon themselves his blood be on us and it doesn't stop there his blood be on us and on our children The guilt of what was happening the death of God's son they said his blood be on us and on our children I think about the Jewish people and how they have suffered down through years I visited Auschwitz, that prison camp over in Poland, where millions of Jewish people were put to death there during the Holocaust. And I think about that. His blood be on us and on our children. God loves the Jewish people. We love the Jewish people. They have done so much down through history to bring glory to God. But here they pronounced a sentence upon themselves. His blood be upon us and on our children. I thought back to Barabbas. He was set free that day. I've wondered What went through his mind? I've wondered, did his life change? I've wondered, did he change his attitude about things? Or did he go back to his old lifestyle? I've wondered, did he go out and watch Jesus hang on the cross? There was a multitude of people there. He'd been set free, he could have been dead i've wondered did he ever say thank you jesus for letting me go free and you taking my punishment i've wondered did he ever bow and worship jesus the one who died in his place i've wondered did he ever tell anyone about Jesus dying for him. I've wondered, did he ever accept Jesus Christ as his personal Savior? The Bible's quiet about that. It's left it to our imagination. John said this in John 15, 13. Well, it's a, a, John recorded what Jesus said. Jesus said it. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. In this passage of scripture today, we saw that great demonstration. That demonstration of love. It was love that nailed Jesus to the cross. His love for you, His love for me, His love for God. Is He your Lord and Savior? If He's not, He wants to be. And you say, well, yes, I've I, I, I trusted Him as my Lord and Savior. Have you ever thanked Him for paying your sin debt? Do you regularly worship Him? Do you tell other people about him? Grandest thing that ever happened in my life was when Jesus came in. Does your family know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? This time of invitation today is a time for anyone and everyone whom God speaks to today to respond to him in whatever manner he speaks. There may be people here today that you say, yes, I've been saved by God's grace, but I've never followed Jesus in baptism. I've never told other people that. I've never made a public profession of it. Why don't you come today and tell not only Jesus, but tell other people what the Lord's done for you. Maybe some that you, you just realize you're lost. You've never had Jesus in your life. Come today. We'd love to, to, to help you pray and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe others, that your church membership is somewhere else, but God says this is where He wants you to be. Well, just come on today. Just come on. Maybe you just need to come and kneel here and thank the Lord for what He's done for us. But as we stand and bow our heads in a moment of prayer, Father, we just want to praise you. We just want to thank you, Lord. No greater love has ever been shown than what you did on an old rugged cross. You even cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for taking my punishment. Thank you for taking my sins. Thank you for cleansing me of my sins. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Father, so many times we fail you. We come short. And we ask your forgiveness, O oh Lord. And may the power of the Holy Spirit of God do his work in the hearts and lives of every man, woman, boy, and girl that's under the sound of our voice today. And may you get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.